Together, growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, from verse 1 to verse 14. These continues to be Jesus' moments of teaching. And today he's teaching the elders of the people through the parables where he says the kingdom of God may be compared to a king who gave a, a marriage feast for his son and he sent out his servants to, call and to, go, to go out and to call those who had been invited to the marriage feast. I think this uh, pericope, this uh, gospel account, is full of meaning. One, let us understand the background of the, the weddings and the feast that took place uh, during the times of Jesus. What will usually happen is that the, the owner or the, the, the head of the household would invite his guest way ahead of time. He will tell them that on, I will have a, a wedding feast, but he will never really tell them when exactly he's going to have it. But he will send the invitation way in advance so that they know and they are ready that at some time there is going to be a wedding feast. That's number one. Number two, the head of the house, the family that hosts the wedding, they will prepare absolutely everything. And if I say everything, I mean they will have a real feast. So they will slaughter, they will prepare food and drinks to make sure that their guests are well fed and taken care of. Number three, when they talk about the wedding feast, they are not talking about a one-day event. This event could last from eight to 14 days, and others will go beyond probably three weeks. They are actually having a wonderful time during this wedding ceremony and feast. And so keep that at the background of our minds, that the invitation has gone way before time, that the host prepares absolutely everything. Then number three, that this is more than just a one-day event. It goes beyond two to three weeks. It's a celebration. Now, if we were to take that and listen to the opening lines of Jesus, the kingdom of God may be compared to a wedding feast. Then it says something about God. Number one, it teaches us that God has already sent us an invitation. He has already invited us into a relationship with him. He has invited us to, 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 to keep ourselves ready, to cleanse ourselves, to, to, to make ourselves as beautiful as we can in order for us to come to the wedding feast. He has given us enough time to get our lives together. And that is the generosity of God. You know, I look into my life as most of us look into our lives. And each time we celebrate our birthdays, we are marveling at what God has done in our lives. We look back and say, for this number of years, the Lord has been absolutely good to me. Yes, you may have had difficulties. Yes, you may have gone through trials and tribulations. But all in all, God has been good. 
We look at this year and we, we are facing different things and different challenges and, and we go through a lot of issues. But all in all, the Lord has been good. Yes, while we're going through it, it may be difficult to see that God has been good. But when we look back, we will realize that the Lord was doing something absolutely powerful in our lives. That's the first thing that I'm seeing. The time that the Lord has given. The Lord has given us enough time in order for ourselves to get ready. To get ready for whatever he wants us to be. Number two, as he, as he has sent us this invitation, number two, the Lord as a host. He, he, he has everything for us. I always go back to what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 8. The things that the Lord has prepared for us, no eye has seen. St. Paul says the suffering of this world are nothing compared to what the Lord has in store for us. And Jesus, when he talks about the feast, when he talks about the Father, you could imagine in his mind, in his heart, that he says, I know what I'm talking about. You go to the Gospel of John chapter 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. He says, trust in God as you continue to trust in me. He says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. In my Father's house, there are big mansions. If there were not, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. But you don't need to be away, to be worried. You don't need to, to, to lose heart because when God gives a party, he gives a blast. When God gives you food, he gives you a feast. He gives us more than what we can anticipate. He gives us more than what we could imagine in our minds, in our lives. The third reality that I also find absolutely interesting is the eternity to live in God. To realize that this joy, to realize that this fulfillment, to realize that this peace won't last just for a short space of time, but it is there forever, the eternity. Those are the beautiful <clears throat> realities that I think are important to, to look into at the, as the background of this beautiful pericope. The second thing that I also find absolutely beautiful to look into is that there are two groups of people here. And I see myself in both. The first who've been invited and when the, 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 the owner or the host sends his servant and he says, okay, come, the feast is ready now, come and eat. And I make excuses to God. You know, I look into my own life as I look into the life of many people and how often we, when, when we receive the gospel, we, we are full of life, we're full of zeal and we want to do good. And St. Paul says, I find myself doing the things that I don't want to do and the things that I do want to do, I can't do. And so, so, so many of us, we find ourselves saying, I want to serve God. I want to be a good person. I want to love God. I want to love the church. I want to serve humanity. I want to bring about positive change. But sometimes when we go through difficulties, when we go through trials, tribulations, challenges, we sometimes lose that. Well, when we are being called to do that which we, we ourselves have chosen to do, when we are being asked to respond lovingly, 
we, we sometimes fail because we're human, because we make mistakes, because we are not perfect. Yes, we are perfectly loved, but we, we're not perfect. We know that. And so I see myself sometimes as a first person, the first group, that even though we've been given the invitation, but sometimes we make excuses and we don't do that which we know we should do. And yeah, we, we sometimes neglect the grace of God in our lives. That's what sin is all about. Sin is, is, is that reality that takes us away from the beauty of God. It is that reality that steals the grace that God has given us. And sometimes I see myself also as a second group, in this second group, where the, the master, the owner, because he's so frustrated and angry, and he says, I'm not going to put this thing to waste. He says, just go out, go out and call anybody. I don't care. As long as this, this feast is celebrated, as long as this wedding takes place, and as long as this food is eaten, it's not going to go to waste. And I love that. I love that about God. Who says, I'm not going to waste it. I need someone to come and celebrate this with me. I love that about God. A God who says, go and call anybody. Go and call. For those that I've called have disappointed me. And sometimes I see myself in those people, in the second group. Because I realize that what is it that I would have done to deserve so much love from God? And I know that I did absolutely nothing. To realize that the Lord is giving us that which was probably not even meant for us. To realize that the Lord is giving us a new day, a new beginning. To realize that having disappointed God in many ways, he still believes in us. To realize that God still calls us. To realize that God still wants to share his mercy, his love, his forgiveness with us. I find that as the most beautiful, heartwarming aspect of God. The human nature of God who says, this is not going to go to waste. He says, come, come and celebrate with me. There's something that also fascinates me and it fascinates quite a number of scholars and quite a number of people because when the king comes in and he sees one man who's not wearing the, the wedding garment and is not happy and he says to him, who's this? Why are you not wearing the wedding garment? It makes me argue in my mind that, but Lord, he was just picked up from the streets and that's true. But it also gives me an indication that there must have been a way for those who are coming to the feast to be provided with the wedding garments. And it is important for me that probably it was provided for those along the way. Maybe they picked it up from their homes. So it gives me the sense that I always need to be ready. But at the same time, it also gives me another deeper meaning and the deeper meaning for me, it says, if you are now at the feast, is my heart at the feast? Is my life at the feast? Having known that what I have now was never meant for me, am I able to cherish it, to embrace it, and to take it as a gift from God? And say it was never meant for me, but now since it's been given to me, I will hold on to this for dear life. And these will help me to grow as a person. May the Queen, Virgin Mother of God, 
continue to pray with us and for us. And may Almighty God bless us, protect us, and guide us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.